Hello, and welcome to Fort Wayne Ballet's Kinetic Conversations. I'm Jim Sparrow. On today's podcast, we're discussing Fort Wayne Ballet's Season 63 with Artistic Director Karen Gibbons-Brown. Karen, welcome. Thanks for having me today. Fort Wayne Ballet is entering a new season. So as Artistic Director, we'd like to discuss today a little bit about how you lay out a season and that process. So tell us about this year's season. Well, the season is very encompassing of many styles of dance. The trick to the season isn't one formula. It depends on which performance that we're speaking of as to how it's laid out. The first thing is we look at the dancers that we have with us, our professional core, and see what they are capable of performing credibly and with integrity. Luckily, as we've grown, we're now at a point where we can tap into many resources and many trusts because our dancers can do just about anything. So now I'm able to choose ballets that I'd like for our community to be able to see. That's been a very different process, but it's a very exciting process. So going a little more detail into the season, what should they not miss this season? They shouldn't miss anything. (laughs) Each performance offers something different. Our first performance in the fall is a series of masterworks, so to speak, and that one is a little tapas tasting, so to speak, or a little potpourri of dance. If you don't like this one, you like the next one, hang around for 15 minutes. In that part of the season, we have Italian Suite, which is a piece by Gerald Arpino from the Arpino Foundation. And then we have the Empyrean Dances, which was choreographed by Eddie Sturley, or Edward Sturley. You may remember we did Lacrimosa a few years back. It was his first piece he choreographed. Empyrean was his second and final piece that he choreographed before he passed away quite suddenly at the age of 23. People note him as a choreographer of note and would have been an amazing talent had he lived longer. So we're excited to be able to present that to our community. And finally, we have a sneak peek of Dracula. So next fall, 2020, we'll be doing the full-length Dracula here, and that's choreographed by Tracy Tritz. So we've got a little sneak peek of what you might expect to see next fall. Then we have Nutcracker. Wouldn't be the season without it. Then we have our February performance. This season, we're paying a tribute to female choreographers. So the pieces that you will see will be choreographed specifically by females. And uh, that's a new thing for us. We don't ever really note it that way. We just try and bring good works in. But this time we're being specific about that. In the spring, we're doing a Midsummer Night's Dream with the Philharmonic and the Fort Wayne Children's Choir. And then in May, we have progressions. And that's the only one I can't really speak too much about because it's choreographed by the dancers. They have a voice other than what they are asked to dance. So they get to do the creating of the pieces themselves. So you obviously have sold the whole season, but there have to be... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, but there have to be things that you're looking forward to. Not to say that any of the performances you're not looking forward to, but there have to be some things that maybe you're particularly excited about presenting to the community. What are those? Well, you know, I love the field. I love almost anything to do with dance, so that's a hard question. One of the things I'm very excited about is the fall performance. For a couple of reasons. First of all, the repertory that we're presenting. But the second part of it is, as we've grown and we have these wonderful professionals and they have support from our academy for some of these productions that we'll be doing, specifically Nutcracker, what's wonderful about it is I'm actually having conversations with choreographers to bring in for 2021. So instead of planning just a year out or the year of or the seven-year plan with the orchestra, I'm actually able to plan a repertory program a little further out. And some of the pieces that I'm looking forward to bring in each year are really wonderful pieces. So I think that's really exciting for us. I love Nutcracker. There's nothing like it. I think it's magical. I think it's special. 
Let's dig in just for a second more specifics about the choreography. So new choreography has traditionally been a part of the past seasons. You alluded to it in terms of whether it's new or new to us, the female right. choreographers, but also the Dracula. So talk a little bit about why choreography or new choreography is important to the season planning. You have a couple of things you try and do when you plan a season. You want to make sure that you are stimulating your audiences and encouraging them to see new things that they may not have seen before or have seen and have grown to love. But it's also important that we stimulate our dancers. And as I mentioned earlier, our dancers are getting stronger. We have people from around the world that live in Fort Wayne to dance with Fort Wayne Ballet. So as we're looking at a season for dancer growth and experiences and artistic growth, um, these pieces all play a part in it. So the repertory pieces specifically, the dancers get to move a little differently than they do for Nutcracker or A Midsummer Night's Dream or A Sleeping Beauty, which actually is next season. You talked a lot about the repertory programs and the trust pieces, which we're going to talk to in mm -hmm. a second. But from the standpoint of new choreography and having the ability to deal with new pieces, things that have not been created yet, as opposed to something that's restaged, is that important? Is that something you feel should be part of every season? Is it a part of the balance? Or is it just when the opportunity presents itself? It is important to present those works every season. You don't always know the voice of the choreographer. You know what sort of a person they are and what sort of voice they may have. But it's not a tried and true, like Italian Suite has been done before. It was a staple of the Joffrey Ballet for years. But the new works, you don't really know what you're going to get, and you don't know what's going to have staying power as decades continue on. So it's important to bring that in, not just to continue to have a voice, but to keep dance viable and relevant, and for the dancers to find new ways to experience their own artistic growth. So you talked a little bit about it, but let's dig in a little bit about the trusts and being part of the field. So working with others in the field, other companies, various professional dance trusts, which you talked about, or other professionals is something that may not be immediately obvious for those who are familiar with Fort Wayne Ballet or their seasons. How has that grown to become an active part of what you're selecting for the repertoire? Involving ourselves with the trusts has helped bring dancers into our community that may not have looked at Fort Wayne prior to that. It's also allowed us to broaden our own network. So as we are involving trust works and their repetitors are coming to see us, they then take the word of Fort Wayne Ballet out and we get even more dancers coming in, but we also have access to more trusts because we can do them credibly and with that integrity that the repetitors expect and demand from dancers. So we're able to bring more and more, which is really thrilling. We actually have two different trusts represented in the fall, the Surly Family and then the Arpino Foundation. So I think the other thing that's often overlooked in the last few years is the emergence now of Fort Wayne Ballet as a professional company. We've always had the academy, and now with the company, it's a full organization and a full professional structure. There are always new additions to the company, the professional company, just as there are this year. So you have new professional company members as well as those who are familiar to our audiences. You talked a little bit about that, but how does that dynamic play into, because you won't always know who's going to be coming in as you choose repertoire, so right. how does that play into you know, that's um, interesting. This is the one field where the job security is a little bit different every year as a new audition process, which happens in February each year. We look for dancers who are of the level or stronger than the dancers that we have since we're trying to strengthen and grow. But in looking at the dancers in the season in February, in the audition season, you already have in your mind what you want to do. So sometimes you look for dancers to fill specific roles and needs of the repetitors. 
I think one of the things that most of our community is unaware of when we speak about Fort Wayne Valley is the breadth of the organization. Our academy has lifelong learners. We start from the young ones, and I think our oldest student is about 85 now. That's important, but we also have this wealth of a group of dancers from all over the world. So the repertory that you may see us do would be repertoire that you would see on any world stage, and that's a significant growth step. When we were an academy only, we didn't have access or capability to present these works. Repetitors would say you need a more mature group of dancers. So I think when we look at our growth and what we are at this point in time, you're right, we're a complete dance organization and have something to offer for everyone at every level and at every stage. A professional company does not take away from an academy. It only enhances the academy in that the dancers serve as good role models. They serve as what a professional life might be like. I think in a studio situation, it's very hard to get a feeling of what that professional life truly is until you see it in front of you and you have an opportunity to live that experience through the dancers. Some of our upper level students actually participate in company work because they are of that level. They don't always get selected for the pieces that they're learning, but they have the learning opportunity that you wouldn't have unless you had the professional company. And that is only strengthening their opportunities and they're filling their toolbox in a way that gives them a bigger opportunity to dance elsewhere when the time comes. So thinking about the future a little bit, and we've been talking about growth, mm. we've been talking about professional company, various other things within the organization. What's not part of the current season or have been part of the traditional presenting season that maybe you'd like to see added in the future? I would love to see us add an October performance, which is a part of the reason we're doing Dracula, building that into our own company's repertoire. And it will be our Dracula. It won't be one that you've seen other places. I'd like to see that happen for us. I'd like to see the depth of the trusts that we bring in continue to grow. And as I said, we're already looking at 2021. So some of the pieces we'll be bringing in are tremendously significant for our community and for our dancers. And I think it puts us on a different stage in the dance world. So finally, to sort of wrap things up, what have we not talked about that somebody who maybe is new to coming to the ballet, who has gone to a performance once, thinks they know the ballet, what is it that you would say to them to get them back in the door and hopefully when they're back in the door, engage them in ways they haven't been before? I think there is a preconceived notion of what ballet is, first off. And I think that is, it's mostly women in lovely tutus, whether they're long or short, romantic or classical, and tiaras. And even in the show A Chorus Line, they talk about things being beautiful at the ballet and men lift lovely girls in white. And that's not the world of dance anymore. We have that, but dance has morphed into something that is a little more, and I say this cautiously, a little more every day. We approach and tackle real subjects. We approach social justice through dance and many other topics that are relevant today. So if you haven't seen the ballet in a while, I think you'll be surprised. And if you come to the ballet regularly, I think you'll be pleased with the growth that we are experiencing and the pieces that you'll be able to see the company do. Well, Karen, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Season 63 opens for Fort Wayne Ballet with Diversions 19, September 27th and 28th at the Arts United Center. You can purchase tickets by visiting the Fort Wayne Ballet website or artsticks.org. That's our show, brought to you by Fort Wayne Ballet and with the support of University of St. Francis. Our guest was Artistic Director Karen Gibbons-Brown. 
My co-producers are Marcia Hetrick and John Dawkins. I'd also like to thank John for his original music, which starts and ends the show and did so last year as well. If you'd like to receive notifications on future podcasts, please like the podcast and go to fortwayneballet.org to sign up for notifications on performances, podcasts, and more ballet news. You'll also find a library of past episodes. Until next time, I'm Jim Sparrow, and thanks for listening to Kinetic Conversations with Fort Wayne Ballet.